Welcome everyone, Bez Hashem. We are learning Shabbos on Vav Omid Beis. We're going to begin from Vav Omid Aleph on the bottom, last couple of lines. Omar Mar. So we learned previously in the Braisa that a Rishus Hayachid, we're discussing here the Dalad Rishuyos, and this is in fact in Vav Omid Aleph in the top, uh, in the middle of the Omid, we started discussing the Dalad Rishuyos. So if a person wants to know, what are the four domains on Shabbos? He would turn to Vav Amar Aleph, and he would see that's the listing of the four different Rishuyos. Now, we are discussing over here the more a little more in-depth of these four Rishuyos, because we mentioned in regards to Rishus HaYochit, a private domain, we said that it's a Chritz that goes down, Ten Tfachim, a chritz is a ditch that goes down ten Tfachim, like we have here in this picture, right? Or it's a wall that goes up ten Tfachim, and the width is four Tfachim. Okay, so, and of course, it's surrounded on all sides. That's where Shusa Yachit. So the Gemara now has a question as follows. Omar Mar. Zuhi Rishusa Yachid. The Gemara said... An interesting statement. And the Gemara said, Zuhi, this is Rishus HaYachid. So, the Gemara wants to know, what are you coming to exclude by saying, this is Rishus HaYachid, as opposed to something else is not Rishus HaYachid? Right? When you specify, when you say something already, and you clear, clarify the point, you don't have to say afterwards, that is what we are talking about. We, ju- we just mentioned what we're talking about. So, why is... Gemara find it necessary to say Zuhi Rishus Hayachid. So it must be we're saying this is a Rishus Hayachid as opposed to something else. Well, what is that something else? Lemiute Mai, Lemiute Hodar Bihuda. We're coming to exclude. That's the next case. That's the next case. Okay. We're at the bottom of we're at the bottom of Vav Amad Aleph. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So so Lumiutimai. Lumiuti Hodder of Yehuda the Tanya we learn your Baiso. Yes L K number of Yehuda. Mishi Yeshlo, your Behuda said, Mishi Yeshlo Shnei Botim Shnei Sidu Shusarabim. Person has two bottom two houses. Vishnait Sidu Shusarabim opposite each other. In other words, like this. Remember the picture of the courtyard, right? So here's here's our picture of the courtyard. Let me just find out. Here, here it is. Okay. So <clears throat> here's our picture. I can't see if it's on the screen. You see that over here? Right? Everybody see that? Yes, no? Okay. So you have two houses. One person owns two houses opposite each other. <clears throat> and... Rabbi Yehuda wanted to suggest the following. That if a person has two houses opposite each other, there could be a situation, and there's a Rishus Rabbi in between, there could be a situation where he's able to put up a lechi, a post, a lechi is a post, a very important word we need to know for uh, our discussion here in, in uh, Shabbos and Erevin, Carrying us all the way through. Lachi is this post over here. Okay. You see this piece of wood? See that? Going up and down? That's a lachi. 
or a kaira. A kaira is, is a crossbeam. Kaira is a crossbeam on top. The way that I, I remember it, that the lechi is, goes up and down is because the word lechi begins with a lamid. Lamid is the, probably the largest letter, one of the largest letters in the olive base. So it goes up and down. It's the tallest, right? So so the lechi goes up and down. So if the lechi goes up and down, the kaira is the other one. Fine. That's just for myself. I, I shared it with you. Hopefully it works also. So what is what does Rabbi Yehuda want to say? Rabbi Yehuda, once again, when the Mishnah, when the Bryce says Zuhi this is Rishusayachid, it's coming to exclude the case of Rabbi Yehuda that we do not pass him like. What's the case of Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda says a person who has two houses who are situated opposite each other, and there's a Rishusayachid passing through. We are now on the top of six B. We're now on six B. Okay, Vav Amid Base. He makes two lechayoyim, one on each side, like we saw in the picture, of the house. Or two beams on top. And now he's permitted to carry from one of his houses to across the, the to the other house. Now that's that's the Chiddush of Rabbi Yehuda. So, Amru Loi, <clears throat> they told Rabbi Yehuda, Ein ma- ma'arvin mikach. So, uh, he, they said, if a, if a place only has two mechitzas, two partitions, two walls, you cannot make, it has a din of Rosh Hashanah and you cannot make a, a, uh, a place to carry in this. Generally speaking, we have to know that you cannot make an Erev in Rosh Hashanah an Erev is made to permit you to carry on Shabbos in the Carmelis. Okay? You don't need an Erev in the Rosh Yachid. You don't need an Erev in Mokim Pator. You cannot make an Erev in the Rosh Rabbim. You make your Erev in the Carmelis. So, <clears throat> when we said in the, in the, in the, in the Bryce previously above that Zui Rosh Yachid were coming to exclude the case of Rabbi Huda that we just learned. So, you want to know if I might correlate Gemura. Why does the why does the the Bryce say? Why does it say Rishus Hayachid Gemura? This is a complete Rishus Hayachid, as opposed to what? I might have thought that this is the Rabbanon Chelikon Rabbi Yehuda Loihavi Rishus Hayachid. It's not considered to be a Rishus Hayachid, <coughs> and you cannot use a Lachy or Kaira. In what case, Hanimili? Latalta. I might have thought that that, that there's a machlekes by Latalta that you can't carry. But to throw an item from one side of the house to the other side of the house, like one house to the other house, maybe in that case you're allowed to do that. Maybe maybe the Chacham will agree to Rabbi Yehuda that it's considered to be the Lechen Kaira help and enable a person to throw an item from one one house to the next house. Kamash Molan, we're saying it's a Rishusa Yachid Gemura. So what what it means, Rishusa Yachid Gemura means that only when you have proper walls, that's when there's Rishusa Yachid. If you don't have the proper walls, it's not it's Gemura. That's not a that's that's not not a bona fide Rishusa Yachid. Therefore, also in the case 
of throwing the item from house to house, you would not be permitted to do so. The Chum disagree with Rabbi Yehuda by, uh, by putting up a lechi or a kaira, the two lechis or the two kairas, you cannot carry and you can also not throw. Period. So the question was asked, why didn't Rabbi Yehuda suggest to make a Tzuras Pesach? Uh, why is he going to lechi in the kaira approach? So perhaps because you have on the both houses opposite each other, you have your Tzuras Pesach of, of the doorframe. Right, so to put another tzuzah pesach there, it's it, it just like it's like a weird thing. Like, like what's that tzuzah pesach doing? That we don't find such a such a scenario to put a tzuzah pesach when you have a door frame already. So, so maybe that's why he's suggesting put the lechi there, two two lechis, and and on both sides, and two two kairas to create that that um, that permissibility of of uh, of carrying now. What the lechi accomplishes is the machlekes is, is 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 to whether or not it's a simin or is it a, or is it is create a wall? Right? Is a hecker is it a hecker to remind you that you shouldn't carry, or is it does it create like an actual wall to go down? Um, that that's not for now. Okay, let's go further. <clears throat> we're at the next case now. Omar Mar. <clears throat> Once again, we're delving we're delving into. The the brayta we had of the Dalad Rishuyas that were stated on Vav Omid Aleph. Now we discuss the Rishus Arabim. So Mar says like this: Amr Amar, Zuhi Rishus Arabim. This is a Rishus Arabim. What is a Rishus Arabim? Lemiuti Mai, coming to exclude what? Lemiuti Idoch, the Rabbi Yehuda, to come to exclude the other case of Rabbi Yehuda. The Tanan, there's a Mishnah Erevin. And in regards to the case of Pasi Birois. Now let me give a, a little introduction to the next case of, of our Sugya. When they were Euler Regal and they were traveling, and then they didn't have the Wawas to stop by and get a bottle of water, they they needed to get some water. So they were there were wells that were dug. Now, the well that was dug is a what? Is a Rishusayachit. Is a Rishusayachit, correct. The outside area is what? It's a Rabim. It's a Rabim. So now, if you need to take water because they pitched their tent, you need to take water because they're thirsty, they're going from Yachit to Rabim. So, what Chazal permitted is to make a makeshift Rishusayachit around the well. And that's called Pasi Birois. In fact, it's a whole, it's the name of a peric in, in the Sechus Eirvin. Okay? And let me show you the picture over here of the Pasi Birois. If I can find it. Here we go. Okay? So, here's your well in the middle. Okay? Everybody see that? On, at the edges, you have your four, around, four, four different corners around your well. You have two Poles, you have, excuse me, one pole with like an L shape. It's, 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 one is facing uh, the north side or this, and one's facing the south side or, or the east and west, right? So it's like an L shape bracket, if you will. And what we're accomplishing is, we're saying in that space is like a Rishus HaYachet. So now we accomplish that when you draw the water from the Rishus, from the well, from the Rishus HaYachet, and you take it out of the well, 
into that area going from Yachid to Yachid. So you should be drinking the water inside that area. Good. Let's go further now. Okay, Rabbi Yehuda says like this. That now we learn in the Mishnah in regards to the Pasi Birois. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, if if Rishusa Rabbim is passing through this Pasi Birois, Rabbi Yehuda says, direct the crowd around the Pasim, just like in this picture. So, if you notice in this picture, there's a whole bunch of people walking back and forth, and they're walking right through the Pasi Birois. You see that over here in this picture? Okay? Now, Reb, um, so Rabbi Yehuda says that you should be Mavir the Rabbim to the side, like in this picture over here. So the Pasi Birois, they stay, they stay on an, on, 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 you know, untouched. They're not, no one's passing through them. And only those people that need to drink the water from them, they will be the ones who will be, um, they'll be the ones who will be, um, going through them to get the water. Say you do not need to massage the people to a different direction. In other words, they can be walking right through the passive Royce. Now, the understanding of Rabbi Yehuda was that if everybody's walking through the passive Royce, so it's like Mavatil, it nullifies that shame of like a private Rishusayachid. Normally speaking, you don't have people passing through a whole bunch of people passing through the Rishus Hayachid. But the Chalmans say, no, it's not necessary to have them redirected around the Pasi Now the Gemara has a question, so that's the first point. The first point is, that's where the Chalmans disagree with Rabbi Yehuda. Now the Gemara wants to know another point, why Why do we say Rishus Harabim Gemura? Just we had this, like we had the same question by Rishus Hayachid Gemura. So why do we have Rishus Rab and Gemura? What's the lesson to come to teach us? And the Gemara answers, I did the Tana of Reisha, Gemura, Tani Snami Seifa, Gemura. Just like we said in the Reisha, we said Gemura. Just like we said, Rishus Hayachid Gemura. So we find this throughout Shaz, that Mishnayis and Braises, they always want to be um, the Reisha and the Seifa, the beginning of the Mishnah and, and, the, and the end of the Mishnah. They want to work in tangent and they should be the same. Good. No, no, no specific halacha that we're going to pull out from the Rosh Hashanah part when it's just Rosh Hashanah Gemura. Okay, so so far we covered the case of Rosh Hashanah Yochid Gemura, Rosh Hashanah and now we go further. The more it's like this, Balachshiv Nami Midbar. Why don't we discuss a Midbar as something that is listed? In the cases of Eirushas Arabim, what's the basis of the question of Vaisa? If you can, if I can ask you, wh- where's the question coming from? Why should I have listed a midbar, a desert, as Eirushas Arabim? Because we listed a thoroughfare, uh, a, a street that goes. It's, of course, they're all sixteen amos wide from one city to the next city. Okay, so so so, are you referring to the time when we left the midbar, the, the forty years? That's what you're talking about. 
Yeah, okay, perfect. So that's the question, right? So in other words, just like our whole basis for, for what a Rishus HaRavim is, is the Midbar. Is it not? In other words, they, they took down the Krashim, the beams. They, they were assembled in the Rishus HaRavim. They dismantled them. And then they, which was Rishus HaRavim, and then he put them onto the wagons, which was Rishus HaYachid. So, that's like the, the quintessential example of Rishus HaRavim. So why doesn't our Mishnah, our Brisa, <coughs> why doesn't it mention the Midbar? Right? That's the question. So Gemara is asking, Nami Midbar. You should also include a Midbar in what's called the case of a Rishus HaRavim. <coughs> the Hatani, because we learned the Brisa, Eitzah, Rishus HaRavim. What's the case of Rishus HaRavim? We said a Sratin, a Plati, a Gedoyla, Muvoyis, a Mufaloshin, the Midbar. <coughs> the Brisa actually quotes, it says a Midbar also. Okay, so I'm going to buy you like kasha. I says no, it's not a kasha. You know why we didn't mention earlier midbar? Khan in our brayso, <clears throat> we're talking about bezman shisol shuin. Khan, we're talking here in the brayso. We're talking about when they mentioned the midbar bezman shisol shuin be midbar. That's when it was in midbar. However, Khan bezman azeh. In other words. There was only one time. A midbar, by definition, a desert, is a place where you do not live. You don't live in the desert. You're not living in the desert. Desert, by definition, is a place which is unhabitable. Right? You, you don't you don't live there. And that's, by the way, part of the chilek of the nais, that Hashem took such great care of us in the midbar. Okay? In the wilderness. So, that was only for that time period. Now we're talking, <clears throat> we're talking for the future. So that's why it doesn't mention the midbar. Okay, good. We we covered that case as well. Now we go further. Amar Mar. The next discussion is as follows. Gemara says, "Im If you took out from Rishus Hayochid to Rishus Rabim, or you brought in from Rishus Harabim, a public domain, to a private domain." So the Gemara says, "If you did this b'shoigig, it gives us once again. We spoke about this earlier on, on Vavam at Aleph." If you did a b'shoigeg by mistake, what's the halacha? Chayev chatas. You had to bring karmel chatas. If a person was mechal shabbos b'shoigeg, he had to bring a karmel chatas, a sin offering. If he was mechal shabbos b'mezid intentionally, which means two witnesses told him, "Don't do what you're doing, what you're about to do. If you do it, you'll be chayev. You'll be chayev uh, skila." Okay. Or 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 or. Uh, or a car race, we'll see what the case is, right? So, he says, I know what you're saying, and Ava I'm doing it anyway, I'm still going to do it. So, in B'meizid, if he does it B'meizid, with Hasra, I'm sorry, without Hasra, on the he gets Kares, punch of Kares. If he does it with Hasra, with Edim and Hasra, it's Niskal, he gets stoned. So, the Gemara asks, B'shoi Chayiv Chayiv Pshita. We all know that if a person is mechal shabbos b'shoigeg, so he's chayev a karmel chatas. That's obvious. What, what, what's the reason why we have to learn this in Vavam Aleph? Why did it have to be stated over there? The Gemara says the chiddush is not about that if he does it b'shoigeg he's chayev he's chayev chatas, but the chiddush is been made it on his karis v'nisko. It's The chiddush is that if he does it intentionally, if there are 
is 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 no are no witnesses, he'll get kares. <clears throat> if there are witnesses, he'll get skilo. That's the chiddush. So when it says one second, hanami pshita, that's also obvious. We all know that also. We all know that din already. That's not a chiddush for us. Hakamash mulan kidiraf. So what's the reason why? We learn in Vavam Aleph these rules that a person who's Mechal Shabbos B'Shoigig is going to be Chai V'Chatos. B'Mezid, intentionally, it's either Kores or Skilo. Kidraf. The Amar Rav, ready for this one now? Matsasi, I found Megillah's story Bei Rebichia. In the Beis of Rebichia, Rav says they found a a scroll of someone's notes. Now, before we go further, let's give a little introduction. Rabbi Isa, I have a very important question to ask you. The question is like this. Right now, on your tables, you have a Chumash. A Chumash Tanakh is called Torah Shebech the written Torah. You also have in front of you Gemaras. Gemara is called Torah Shebaal Peh. Why do you have a written text of that which is called Torah <laughs> It's It's not so it's written down. Why is it written down? So, the reason why it's written down is because the Gemara in Gittin and Samech says that the great Rabbi Yehuda Andasi saw that if we don't write down the Mishnayis, even though the Torah the oral law, it's supposed to be transmitted by heart. Rebbe said, if we don't write it down, it will be forgotten. And and I just want to point something out. A few years ago, we had COVID. And we weren't going to shul. And, and, and we weren't doing regular things that we were doing on a regular basis our whole lives. And then we come back to shul, you know, it's like starting anew again. And I think that gave us some inkling. I'm not comparing the COVID to to the tsaras that the Romans gave us and things like that. I, I'm just I'm just I'm referring to like the fact that we weren't going to shul, and we, you know that concept. So that's Rabbi Yudanah said we have to write it down. So what's going on over here? Rav said that they found written down the kosov by Isi ben Yehuda Oimer, and it said in it Isi ben Yehuda said he wrote in these notes. So, were you allowed to write down notes? What is this? This is Torah Shabbat Why did he write it down? So, let me share with you Rashi. Rashi says, if you take a look at Rashi, on Vav Amad Beis, three lines down, in the wide lines. Okay, so it's on the bottom wide lines. You see, you see where I am? <coughs> you have the place, Rabbi Say? It says, Megillus Starim. So, they wrote down the private notes, but they, they hid it. They buried it. Okay. And he says here, When they would hear Chidushim the Beis Medrash, they would, they would take this Chidushim, and they would write them down so they shouldn't forget it. That is not a problem. That you were allowed to do that. But 
They're not allowed to publish it. They wouldn't go to art school in Feldheim and say, oh, look what I have. Look at my chidushim. Because it was Torah Peh. So what, what they're saying is, is it's a chidush. What they're teaching us here is like this. Even in a time when Torah Peh, the oral law, was not to be written down, you personally were allowed to write down your own notes. Okay, you hear this? You hear this? It's beautiful, right? Okay, so you were allowed to write down your own notes. And that's where this, now that is what the topics we're discussing. What were these personal notes that they dug up? Now, sometimes you have to know, were these dug up notes, were they authentic? Were they like the Dead Sea Scrolls? Maybe maybe it's not authentic, is authentic, question, right? So, what did it say in those those notes they dug up? So, Isi ben Yehuda wrote, Avois Molochis, the the main category acts of Malacha are Arboim Chosar Achas, are 39. Okay? 40 minus 1, which is 39. Ve'en Ela Achas. And you're only Chayev to bring one carbon. Now, what does this mean? What is this case that you're only Chayev to bring one carbon? Ve'en Chayev Ela Achas. So, the basic understanding what we're understand we're holding now is that if a person violated all of the thirty nine malachas on one Shabbos, okay, he's a busy man, okay, he had to be cooking everything and he had to be weaving everything and there's one thing he forgot. You know what he forgot? What did he forget, Rabbi said? He forgot his Shabbos. <laughs> okay? He was so busy doing everything, he forgot it's Shabbos. So, it's called, it was the Helam Achas. It's with Helam, Helam, the word we say in the bracha, Baruch Ato Hashem, Alekinu Melech, Ha'oilam. Ha'oilam, the word Ha'oilam means the world. The Mefarshe has Siddur explained, the word Ha'oilam comes from the word Helam, hidden. Hidden. So a person, it was hidden to him. He, was, he made a mistake. He forgot when, when, when you forget where your glasses are, <coughs> where your glasses are, it's like your glasses are hidden to you. So he did it with he did all those thirty nine acts of work with one halama, with one forgetting that it's Shabbos. So how many carbonas does he have to bring? Only one. That's what we're saying now. One chatas, one karma chatas. So the question is a question. And to, to clarify the statement of Isi ben Yehuda, which they found in this hidden scroll, Aini, is this true? That you only have to bring one carbon chatos? We have in our Mishnah on the Ayin Gimelum at Aleph 73a on the bottom of the page. There are 39 Molochas, 39 acts of work, which you're not allowed to do in Shabbos. And over there, the Gemara asks the question, Why do you need to say there are 39, 40 minus 1, and then give the listing them all? I believe, Rabbi said, we can count ourselves 1, 2, 3, 20, 28, 30, 39. We count them all. We count them all. So if you can count something, why do you have to say there are 39 and list them all? Just list them and we'll count them ourselves. What's the point of giving us the number? The amount, right? So, minyan alomili. Why do you have to give the, 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 how many there are? 
Um, Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan comes to tell us, Shim Asan Kulon, because if he did all of them, Behelam Achas, in one forgetting, in other words, you did one Malacha, you did Zarei, you planted, and then you did, uh, you did the next Malacha, you did uh, plowing, and you forgot that the Shabbos, Chai Volkol Achas Va'achas, you're obligated to bring a carbon for each and every single one. And that's why he's telling us the number. So we're not going to have Isi ben Yehuda arguing on, on the Mishnah. Ela, Ema, say, Ena Chayiv, you're not going to be Chayiv Skilos, and wants to suggest what it means to say, this, the statement of Isi ben Yehuda means to say, Ena Chayiv, you're not going to be Chayiv Skilos, Al Achas Mehen. Ready for this now? Rabbi Isai, buckle up for this statement now. The explanation of Isi ben Yehuda that was found in the scroll is that of the 39 malachas, one of the 39 will not bring along with it a punishment of skila and does not have the same punishment as the rest of the 38. That's what Isi ben Yehuda tells. Now, I know what you want to know. You want to know which one is it, right? That not, We're not discussing that now. Okay? But what we want to clarify is the statement that they found. What does it mean when Isi ben Yehuda said, the Einachayv el Achas? So Einachayv el Achas means, we're saying now, that there's one of the 39 malachas that does not carry along with it the, the, the dinim like we said by the other 38 of Chayv Skila and all those other punishments. Now, the question is, why did our Gemara on the Vavam and Aleph tell us that if you violate an Iser Shabbos and you do it B'Shoige, you Chayv Achatos. And if you do it B'Mezid, depending on whether you have witnesses or not, you Chayv Kares or Skila. Why did it come to tell us this? Because we might have thought, we might have thought, which is this one melacha that if you vi- if a person violates it, he's not going to be chayev in the same category as the other 38? Rabbi said, which one would you have thought? If I would ask you, okay, which one is it? Why, why would you say, it's not carrying? Please, Rabbi Zevin, come in, we'll be finished in a second. Why would you say, it's not carrying? Why would you say that? Oh, exactly, exactly, because we called it a malacha gerua. It's a weak malacha, right? It's a weak malacha. We call it a malacha gerua, right? So, so we we might have thought that the answer to the question of which is this one act of work that if I violated, the punishment is not the same of the thir- other thirty-eight. I think we all would have suggested it's haitzah. Kamash Malan, That's why the Gemara told us. Earlier, that's the mark concludes over here. That Malechus is not that one in the category that Isi ben Yehuda was referring to. Now, which one is it? You have to come back for more. We'll stop over here.